Well, hello everyone. Today is September 15th, 2021. My name is Byron Howell and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And today we are going to continue our discussion of divine healing. And uh, as you probably know, we've been going through this the past few weeks. We've covered a lot. We're going to cover a lot today. And then I think we're going to wrap it up next week with uh, just some general shorter topics to really kind of round out this whole discussion. But this week, we're going to get very practical and granular on the subject of divine healing, really the mechanics of it. And again, you know, just when I think about this series that we're doing here, I really hope that that I'm creating a resource for you. And as I've said before, this this is not going to teach you everything there is to know about divine healing, but I do believe it's teaching you everything you need to know and uh, everything you need to know so that you can walk in divine healing and health for the rest of your life. And God forbid, if you or a loved one suffers an attack of sickness or an injury, this series of teachings provides enough information for you to be healed and restored. Any sickness, any disease, any genetic issue, any birth issue, whatever it may be, I really believe that in these teachings, we are giving you the information straight from God's word so that you can see health and complete restoration for your physical body or the physical body of of your loved one or even the people you're praying for that God leads you to, that come to you for prayer, even that you encounter in your life as you go through life, coworkers, people in the street, people at random stores, you know, especially the more and more you learn about this. God's going to lead you to begin walking in this, to be carrying on the healing ministry of Jesus, which is exactly what uh, God intends for us. Remember Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You see, all Christians are called to participate in the healing ministry of Jesus. And, you know, I really hope that this is a good resource, uh, not not only for you, but also that you can take the healing ministry of Jesus, the truths that we've learned from the Word of God, obviously apply them to your life, but really apply them to the lives uh, of others that you encounter. I pray for, that, you know, God would guide us and bless us that as we've received healing in our lives, that we can share this and minister this to others. And, and I pray the same for you as well. But just as a quick recap, we've seen, you know, in the first week that God's will is healing all the time, every time for everyone. And we also saw that, that healing belongs to Christians. Literally, it's part of our inheritance because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and by his stripes, we were healed. And we know that that all of God's promises now, all of God's promises belong to us. They are all part of our inheritance as Christians. All of the promises are are earned fully by Jesus' perfect life, by his perfect obedience. And now because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, we, we are joint heirs with Christ of all of God's promises including all of the healing promises. And then last week, we took a hard look at the words faith and believe in the Bible. Remember that, you know, biblical faith involves, uh, biblical faith involves believing that you have received something before you actually see it in the natural realm. That is the biblical model. That's how biblical faith works. We walk by faith, not by sight. 
So in the area of healing, for example, I believe that when someone lays hands on me to be healed, according to Mark 16, I am healed that moment. I have faith that it worked even though I still feel the pain. I believe that I have received according to Mark 11, and as I stand in faith, my healing manifests in the physical realm. Again, that is how faith works. You do what the Bible says to do, whether that is pray, make a declaration, lay hands, or anything else the Bible tells you to do. Then you stand believing that it worked, that it's done, that you have what you prayed for. And then you see what you prayed for show up in the natural. You can't let the natural dictate what you believe. You let the word of God dictate what you believe. And as you stand believing that it's already done, that's the place of faith. That's when you are in faith, so to speak. You see, a lot of people confuse the ideas of hope and faith. And they say, well, I'm in faith for that or I'm standing in faith or whatever. Really what they're doing is standing in hope that it does happen, not standing in faith that according to their prayers and according to the word of God, it's already happened. That's a key distinction. True biblical faith is it's already done. And remember, patience, the biblical uh, word for patience, really just means standing in faith over a long period of time. And by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. As you are in the place of faith, believing it's already done, the power is flowing. The God's power is flowing when you are in the place of faith and the angels are working and that which you have faith for is manifesting. It is in the process. Again, when you stand in faith, I cannot emphasize this enough. When you are standing in faith, that's when the power of God is flowing and the angels are working to bring your prayers into manifestation. Obviously, we're not getting into angels or anything like that in this teaching. But I'm just saying, you know, there are times where we are praying for things that aren't necessarily our healing, you know, praying for things in the world, praying for things in our lives and the lives of others. The angels are working and, and they're out there fighting against unclean spirits. They're arranging things. They're ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. That's what the Bible says. And so that's why I say as you're in faith, the power of God's flowing, the angels our angels are moving, and what you're believing is coming into manifestation. You know, many Christians have never stood in true biblical faith for anything other than their salvation. And that's why many Christians experience prayer failures. That's why so many people believe that God is regularly answering prayers with no or not right now. And, you know, people go on and on about the timing of God and that, you know, everything happens in his timing. You know, that's not true. You know, his timing is always right now for things that he's already given you. You know, things like healing. His, his time is right now. He wants you healed right now. You know, he wants you out of poverty right now. He wants your relationships with your kids, with your spouse, with your family members right now. Right now. You know, the, the whole concept of, you know, God's timing, you know, as it applies to things he's already given us, he's already promised us, is totally wrong. And and anyway, we can't get into that right now, but I'm just saying these these teachings about prayer, about not right now or no, directly contradict First John 5, verses 14 through 15. We said God always hears us. When we're praying according to God's will, God always hears us, and he always answers yes. Remember, God's promises are always yes. They're always amen. They're already done. They're already ours. But it's 
the biblical faith that's required. And I want to emphasize briefly the importance of God's word to faith. And I'm sorry I didn't do a better job of this last last week. But the whole faith operation works because of what we believe. Remember, the Bible word for believe is literally have faith. We believe or we have faith that we are healed. We believe or we have faith that God heard our prayers. We believe that God answered our prayers. Yes, we believe the promises belong to us. But why? Why do we believe all that? How can we think all of that crazy stuff is true? But it, it's because that's what the Bible says. We believe what the Bible says, that God wants certain things for us. And we believe in using our faith like this because that's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus taught us to do in Mark 11. And so please memorize Romans 10, 17. This is very, very important. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is the foundation and guiding light of our faith. We can have faith for what God's word says we can have. God's word says healing is mine and God wants me healed so I can have faith for healing every single time. Similarly, God's word says financial prosperity is mine and God wants me prospered so I can have faith for prosperity every single time. Now, uh, we don't want to go too far down the prosperity road, but, you know, satisfied, content, generous. Bible's crystal clear about that for your financial life. This actually, but see, my point is that when we tie our faith to the biblical promises of God, which is what we need to be doing, that makes this process much simpler. What do you see in the word of God? What has God promised you? God has that for you now, so you can use your faith to receive it now. And, and just as a story, you know, Andrew Womack tells this story. It's a great example. There was once a woman that believed, she was believing God, right? That this other woman would die so she could marry that lady's husband, Okay. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but let's just talk about it. So she said, and she was actually, uh, you know, in some sort of pastoral role. So she was telling people this, that she was in faith that this other lady was going to die so she could marry her husband. All right. Well, obviously, it didn't work. The lady that was supposed to die is still alive. She's a very prominent Christian. She's still alive. She's still married to her husband, another prominent Christian. And so those prayers obviously didn't work. But why not? You know, why Why did the faith not work for that? I mean, you say, well, it's stupid or, you know, of course it didn't work. Isn't that obvious? Well, why? Why isn't it obvious? Well, it's because nowhere does God's word promise you another person's spouse. That is not one of the promises of God. Nowhere does God's word, God's word promise you that you can bring death to another person. Uh, this woman was believing things that were not part of, of, of the promises of God that are not part of the ministry of Jesus Christ, that are not part of our inheritance. So she was trying to use her faith to manifest something that God hadn't done for her, that God hadn't given to her, that was totally out of line with God's written will as we know from the Bible. So while she said she was standing in faith, there's no foundation for her faith. She wasn't standing on the word of God. And faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Our faith is based on the word of God. And yes, it's true. You can take certain verses and kind of blow them up into anything like, you know, believing someone's spouse would die so you could marry them or something like that. 
But, you know, we're not going to take the time to get into the ridiculous, right? For the purposes of this study, what, what does the Bible clearly promise? Health. Yes, absolutely. All the time, every time, for everyone, right? So because the Bible promises me that, I can obviously use my faith for that, and I can see the answer manifested right now. The When God's Word says something or gives you something, that's your basis for faith. And, you know, that applies to not just healing, but a lot of things, right? Financial uh, prosperity, peace, joy, uh, all, you know, restoration of relationships. Now, a lot of times there are directions you need to, to do, right? Things you need to take, or excuse me, steps you need to take to see these things manifest, directions from God that, that you need to do. But they are yours, and those promises are the basis for your faith. So when you're standing on the Word of God for something that you're in faith for, you're on the rock-solid foundation, right? That, that's, that's the basis of true biblical faith. Now you can go after it. You can go after it in prayer. You can take it by faith. You can be in faith, and literally everything in the natural realm will bend and break if necessary to move for your faith so you will obtain the promises. Nothing can stand in the way of the manifestation of the promises of God in the life of a Christian standing in faith. That's all there is to it. Faith creates an unbreakable bond between you and the promise of God. Faith creates an unbreakable bond, not just between you and the promise, but you and the manifestation of that promise. My friends, if you could incorporate this understanding about faith into every aspect of your Christian walk, into every aspect of your prayer life, all limitations on your prayer life or on your life as a whole really would disappear. And four times the Bible tells us to live by faith. Faith is how we receive from God. Faith is how we see all of God's great and precious promise manifest in our lives. An understanding of true biblical faith is essential for walking in every aspect of the abundant life Jesus has for you, which includes walking in divine health. So that in mind, now let's take the various ways to receive divine healing. And look, I'm not just saying you have to just pick one of these and go with it. We will talk about how they can work together. But so just to get started, one way in which you can receive divine healing is have other Christians lay hands on you. We know this is a biblical method to receive divine healing because of Jesus' words in Mark 16, verses 15 through 18. If you want to do this, or, you know, let's say you get attacked or you're sick or you have a sick loved one and you want to see them healed, don't just go to the first Christian you see. Right? Pray, ask God about who should lay hands on you and pray for you. Don't ask Christians to lay hands on you if they don't know God's true will for your healing. They won't pray, pray in faith if they don't know God wants you healed. Find some Christians who are baptized in the Holy Spirit and ask them to lay hands on you for healing. You know, I've heard stories, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe we've been in a denomination that doesn't believe in healing. Maybe we're in a church that doesn't believe in healing. And maybe uh, we're not in church at all. Right? Maybe this is totally new. So now you find yourself with people that all of a sudden, you know, previously you thought these were radical Christians. You know, they speak in tongues. They believe in healing. These people are nuts, but you're desperate, right? Look, I'm just saying a lot of people have been down that road, and that may be the road you need to go down. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
you got to get out of your comfort zone to be around the right people sometimes. That's the way it is, right? You might be around the wrong people on a regular basis. You might be in a church full of people that you don't want anywhere around you or praying for you if you just received a terminal diagnosis. And let's just be honest, right? That's just the way it is. You may need to join it. You may need to leave that church. You may need to get, go to the church with the crazy people, with the people that believe in the power of God. You may need to go to a different kind of meeting to get the right people to pray for you. Because I just want to be honest. Yes, the Bible is clear that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But there are a whole lot of Christians that don't believe that. That's not. Those are not the people that you want laying hands on you. But assuming you get to the right people, right? And look, every Christian can do this, but it takes faith. That's why I've emphasized faith so heavily. You need to have faith, biblical faith, that this works. As they put their hands on you and pray, open your heart and mind. Don't fight what they say. Receive what they pray now. Now that they've laid hands on you, now that they've prayed, enter the place of faith. Enter faith. You know that you've done what Jesus said you can do to receive divine healing. You know they prayed according to God's will. You know that God's power flowed into your body because Jesus said it would when they put the hands on you. So believe that you received. Believe that you are healed. Stand in the place of faith that it worked. Maybe the pain remains. Maybe you still can't walk. Sometimes the natural takes a little time to catch up. But that doesn't mean it didn't work. You stay in the place of faith. You believe that it's done. Keep trying to do what you couldn't do before. Worship and pray in the spirit to keep your mind in the place of faith. You've got to be in faith. Now, here's a quick story. As a child, I suffered from severe back pain after falling on roller skates. Somehow, my pelvis got knocked out of alignment. Serious lower back pain. Uh, This is when I was like in eighth grade. My parents took me to a chiropractor and prayed, and after like six months of treatment, the pain left and didn't return for about 10 years. In law school, probably from sitting all day, the pain really came back big time. By this time, I understood God's healing power. And so I went to this church in my area, and Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, who's a pretty prominent minister, laid hands on me. Now, prior to that moment, You know, I went there with that intention that this guy, I'm going to get this guy to lay hands on me and I'm going to be healed. So I was in faith. I didn't understand it then like I do now, but I've been listening to teachings on healing. I was getting my faith charged up and I was in faith that when he laid hands on me, I would be healed. And I declared that in Jesus name, when the man of God lays hands on me, I will be healed. So that was my faith. He put his hands on me in real life. He put his hands on me and I didn't feel anything. All right. But I just, you know, how you, they do in the prayer lines, people start dropping and I, I just went down and laid down. Now that was not, you know, it's a lot, of, there's a lot of fake in that. There's a lot of what they call courtesy drops or fake drops or whatever. And that's one thing. I'm not into that at all. Obviously that's crazy. But in this particular instance, I I decided that I knew I had faith for what happened and no, he did lay hands on me and I am healed and I laid down just to go and, and stay in the place of faith for a few minutes that in fact, no, I did get healed. The power did flow. So what happened to me is, so I'm laying there for a few minutes and honest, honest to God, 
This is what happened. All of a sudden, man, I started feeling this pounding in my stomach. It was, it didn't, didn't hurt, but it was a very strange, like a, like a big drum beating in my stomach. And then boom, all of a sudden the pain gone and I was miraculously healed in that instant. I was laying there for a few minutes. I was in the place of faith and then something totally supernatural happened in my body. I don't know exactly what happened, but, but somehow the power of God flowed from the spirit to my body and hit my body and realigned my pelvis. It was totally supernatural and I was miraculously healed in that moment. No doctors, no more pain, done deal, totally healed for like 10 years. I'll, I'll talk about my back again in a minute, but I mean, it was a total miracle, absolute miracle. But I want to emphasize in that story, the role of faith. Don't go into the prayer where someone else is laying hands on you, just hoping that it will work or thinking that it worked only if you feel immediate physical relief. I didn't feel it for a few minutes, but stand on the word of God that says this works. You are doing this because this is what the word of God says. Stay in the place of faith that you will receive the physical manifestation, that it's already done and that your body is going to line up with what God has already provided. And there's one minister I really like. His name is Pastor Greg Moore. Now, he's an older man now, but when he was a young man, he was diagnosed with cancer. God told him to go have three ministers lay hands on him. Pastor Greg did what God said to do and was totally healed. And that's another good story just to understand that, you know, you should ask God, God, who should I have pray for me? Who who should I have lay hands on me? You know, when my wife got sick, it became obvious very early on that there were some people in our lives that were just, they were not going to be in position to pray the prayer of faith for her. That, that even though they may have title of whatever, they may, you know, they may have been pastor this or minister that. That was not the people we needed to pray for her. And I just want to emphasize that to you. Go to the right people. Let God guide you in this whole process. So letting other Christians lay hands on you for healing is a biblical method to receive divine healing. There's no requirement that the people be elders or apostles or faith healers or anything like that. According to Jesus in Mark 16, they only need to be believers. Faith is required as it is with all these methods. And I'm sure you know, the Bible shows Jesus using this method of touching people or laying hands on people to get them healed numerous times. So the second method to receive divine healing, we could call prayer and anointing from the elders. And we understand this from James chapter 5. If someone is sick, the church elders can anoint the person with oil and pray the prayer of faith. Notice especially that James 5.15 says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. A better translation of the word save there would be heal. And other translation make that clear. So it's the prayer of faith that brings about healing. It's not the oil. I mean, yes, the oil is a biblical part of the process. But what the Bible says is it's the prayer of faith. The oil probably has something to do with helping the person who's getting prayed for enter the place of faith. You know what I'm saying? The person doing the praying has faith, but the person receiving the prayer 
also needs to have some measure of faith. And I think that's the reason for the oil, to help bring that person into the place of faith as well. Because a lot of times people we pray for don't know anything about faith, don't know anything about the real power of God. But this can help bring them up into that place of faith through a natural mechanism. I think that's the reason for the oil. And E.W. Kenyon, who is a very um, kind of a well-known Christian author, he's, he's gone to be home with the Lord now, but he writes about that as well. But anyway, it's the prayer of faith that heals the sick. And after everything we've discussed on faith, that should probably be no surprise. Again, you need to go to the right people. There are a whole lot of quote-unquote elders that have no idea how to pray a prayer of faith. Uh, a prayer of faith for healing would involve taking our Christian authority over sickness and disease, as we see in Luke chapters 9 and 10, and then standing in faith that the person is healed after the prayer. Okay, So I've prayed, and now I'm in faith. That's the prayer of faith. Remember, the word for faith is pistis. I think a good way to put it is that's a pistis prayer, a faith prayer. I pray, I believe, or I receive, it's done. We command, excuse me, we have faith that God has given us in Christ authority over every sickness and disease. We command those things to go in Jesus' name, and we stand in faith that it's done. As with the laying on of hands, you may not see immediate physical manifestation, but the, the process is no different. You did what the Bible said to do. You know that it worked because the Bible says that it worked. And now you're standing in faith that it's done, that you are healed. Manifestation will come. So there are similarities between these first two methods to receive divine healing, where you have other Christians who can pray, lay hands on you, anoint you with oil as applicable. I don't think you need to worry a whole lot about making sure, you know, you exactly do, you know, one or the other or something like that. No, don't worry about it. You know, you pray. What does God tell you to do? Okay, you know, you know, maybe you need to go have elder so-and-so pray and anoint you with oil. Maybe you need to go have this person, you know, hey, so, you know, I'm remember you know sometimes there are crazy people in your life that you previously thought they were crazy christians because they were out there with the tongues and the baptism of the holy ghost and all that nuttiness right it's not nutty it's the truth but you know sometimes those people are regarded as nutty maybe the bible maybe god says to you speaks to you by the holy spirit you need to go have that person pray for you so again don't get caught up in all of the little nuances here do what god says to do but the prayer, the laying on of hands, the anointing, similar methods where other Christians who have authority over sickness and disease, who have the power of God resident inside them, that's exactly what the Bible says, they can lay hands on you, they can pray for you, they can anoint you with oil, and your healing will manifest. And just as a side note, remember, if you're a Christian, you can lay hands on yourself for divine healings and you can lay hands on others. And if you aren't an elder, I mean, that doesn't matter. Uh, you just need to be a believer. You can pray prayers of faith. You can pray the prayer of faith as a believer and, and see others healed, see yourself healed. So I just want to talk generally about praying for healing. And this isn't necessarily like a third method, but... But, you know, think of it however you want. Let's just talk about praying for healing because this should really be something that you, you think about on a regular basis as you go through life because sickness and disease is everywhere. I'm not saying it's everywhere in your house, but in the world around us, it's everywhere. We all know that, right? So 
before we move on to, to discussing doctors and any other methods, let's just talk about praying for healing briefly. If something attacks your body, unless it's really bad, you probably aren't going to rush to the doctor or a medicine cabinet, especially for those of us who have studied divine healing. Our first response to a symptom becomes spiritual rather than natural. That's where I really want to encourage you. If you see the symptom or the side effect or a manifestation of sickness, disease, injury in yourself or in anybody, I want your first response to be spiritual rather than natural. You know, if I have a headache, my first thought is prayer rather than Tylenol. Now, that should be true for everyone. But remember, we're renovating our minds. We're learning the truths from God's word and moving over to the kingdom of God's system for health, divine healing, as opposed to the world system for health. So we're getting our mind over to thinking this way. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Tylenol, but pray first. And we don't need to go too deep into healing prayers, but let's understand a few points, especially about our authority. Remember in Luke chapters 9 and 10, we see Jesus giving authority to the disciples over sickness, disease, and unclean spirit. Notice that in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says that all authority in heaven and earth is now his. Also notice Matthew 16, 19, where Jesus describes the authority transfer to us now as the church of Jesus Christ. I very briefly, right there in those sentences, put together very complicated but very important ideas. During the earthly ministry of Jesus, Jesus had complete authority over unclean spirits, sickness, and disease. He, uh, you know, permitted the disciples to share in that authority. Remember, 82 or 84 other people participated in the healing ministry of Jesus while he was alive, so they carried on that authority. After he died and rose again, all authority was with him, including all authority over sickness, disease. And now we are joint heirs with Christ. We are one spirit with Christ. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are, you know, he is our brother, so on and so forth. And Matthew sixteen nineteen talks specifically about now we are the church the keys to the kingdom of heaven are given to us and fundamentally all of this authority as it applies to the earth has now been given to the church and a lot of the reason we see all of the different problems in the world today especially our rampant sickness and diseases is because the church has not taken its proper place and exercised its authority as jesus specifically told us to do so With that understanding, you have, as a Christian, the same complete and total authority over sickness and disease, over unclean spirits that Jesus had. And I know that's a bold statement, but it is the biblical truth. And that's exactly what you see in the ministry of Peter, in the ministry of Paul, in the ministry of the other disciples that participated in the healing ministry of Jesus after he went back to heaven. That we're in the same church, we're in the same body. There's nothing that's happened between, you know, the ministry of Paul, just for example, on the island of Malta, where everybody on the island got healed. It's the exact same dispensation of the Holy Spirit that we're in today, and the exact same authority over sickness and disease and unclean spirits is ours. And that authority 
needs to be used. And that's the way you need to be thinking when it comes to these healing prayers for you and for others. In the amazing passage of Luke, chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, we see Jesus heal a centurion's servant. And that passage shows us the relationship between authority and sickness. Fundamentally, we have, we Christians have authority over sickness, disease, and unclean spirits. And we also have authority to release the healing power of God so that injuries can be healed. Please review that passage from Luke. You see, somehow, and we don't really know all the background here, but somehow that centurion understood Jesus' authority over sickness and he only needed Jesus to use that authority from a distance. Remember, he, he said, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. You don't even need to come in my house. He understood that Jesus had authority that could be conveyed through the spirit realm and could remove the sickness from his servant's body. Very powerful. We operate in the exact same ministry of healing today through the power of God and our relationship with Jesus Christ. If sickness or disease attacks your body, you can pray for yourself and use your authority. Something like this. In Jesus' name, I take authority over you pain, cough, cancer, tumors, whatever it is. Just stick it in there. Whatever's afflicting you. You know, Pain, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I command you to stop operating against my body. I command you to leave my body right now, never to return. Get out and never come back. Now, body, in Jesus' name, I command you to receive the healing power of God right now. In Jesus' name, I say, be healed, be restored, blood, be cleansed, be perfected, lungs, Breathe perfectly. Receive the wisdom of God that's inside of you right now for perfect healing, perfect restoration, perfect operation. Bones, be healed and strong in Jesus' name. You see, whatever it is, you speak straight to your body. You do not talk to God about your body. You don't talk to God about the mountain. You talk to the mountain about God. You talk to the mountain about the authority you've been given. You talk to the sickness and disease and you command it to go. Remember when Jesus healed Peter's uh, mother, excuse me, Peter's mother-in-law, He it says he rebuked the fever. That word rebuke is like forbid, right? He told that fever to get off of his of Peter's mother-in-law body and boom, immediately she got healed. That's the way it is. You speak directly to the situation using your authority. Similarly, if you feel an unclean spirit has attacked your body, you speak to that spirit. Remember, in the Bible, there are a number of instances when unclean spirits uh, attacked someone's body and that attack resulted in a physical problem, especially, you know, we see the seizures, the people that had seizures in the Bible that was often caused by an unclean spirit. There was another woman. It says she had a spirit of infirmity. You know, sometimes spiritual problems, excuse me, physical problems are caused by unclean spirits. In Jesus name, I speak to you, unclean spirit, get off my body, never return in Jesus name. And then, and then you, after you pray that, you pray for your body to be restored, just like we just said a minute ago, right? Be restored, be healed. And, you know, if you recall my example about knee pain as I run, that's taking authority over that pain and commanding it to go. 
If you uh, recall, I shared an example about negative spirits attacking my daughter. You take that authority over those unclean spirits, and then you stand in faith that it's done. You can pray this way for yourself and for others. You are the body of Christ, and the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, and you now have this authority over sickness and unclean spirits. You have the healing power of God in your body. That's Romans 8.11. And you can pray the prayer of faith for others. Jesus healed numerous people by praying or speaking words only, and we can do likewise. Hey, if you're with them, if they're right there, consider laying hands on them too. Perhaps anoint them with oil if you have some handy and you feel the Spirit leading you to do that. But if you aren't physically close to them, you know, maybe they're in another city, whatever, not a problem for Jesus and it's not a problem for you either. Remember that Jesus said the works that he did shall we do also and greater works because he is now with the Father. That's John fourteen twelve. Now, one thing I would mention is that you should take a moment to hear from God before you pray or lay hands. You see, God, by his spirit, might reveal to you the way to pray. Maybe there is something God wants you to say. God knows whether it's a spiritual thing or a natural problem. So you got to listen to God. you got to say what he tells you to say. I've been on my church's prayer team for a while. And let me be honest, it can be awkward to suggest that a person is dealing with an unclean spirit. Uh, but you know what? I want them healed and restored more than I care what they think. And a lot of times people up in that prayer line... Their problem's a spiritual one, or they're clearly being oppressed by an unclean spirit or their loved one that they're coming to pray for, which is just as equally common, is, is being oppressed. And, um, you know, so if, if I think that's the case, or if I believe God tells me to cast out an unclean spirit or bind an unclean spirit from their operation in this person's life, that's just what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to worry about what these people think, right? I think I care about what God thinks, not what they think. And God wants them healed. God wants them delivered. God wants the, them restored. And that's what we're doing when we're praying for others. You know, the healing power of God is totally available for you or for others. And the other the other people you're praying for, they don't even need to be Christians. Right? How many Christians did Jesus heal? Think about that for a second. How many? Zero. None. Not one person was a Christian while Jesus was in his earthly ministry. Right? But he, they were still healed. Everyone he healed was still in their sins. They were still under the dominion of darkness. Healing miracles are wonderful for the unsaved because it shows them both God's reality, that he's alive, that he's on the throne, but it also shows them his love. And you can operate to see the healing power of God flow in your life the same way Jesus and the disciples do in the Bible. And that will work for you and your household, and it will work to help other people see the truth about God and get saved. But remember faith. Never forget true biblical faith. After you pray, after you command the sickness, the symptom, the unclean spirit to go, whatever it is, you stand in faith. I heard the story about this woman commanded this unclean spirit off a person. And that person started going crazy, manifesting, you know, really obviously had a demon, you know, and that person starts ask, acting nutty. And so, she, but she knew what to do. She just moved on to the next person in the prayer line. Why? Because she knew that the way to make that demon go was to stand in the place of faith. She rebuked it. She commanded it to go. And then she stood in the place of faith. 
got a little farther down the line, sure enough, that person totally, completely delivered, unclean spirit gone, person healed. Praise the Lord. You got to stay in the place of faith when you're operating this way. Let the healing power of God flow. You believe that you're healed. You believe that they're healed. You believe that it's done. You know, sometimes it's not easy, and I want to fully recognize this, to stand in the place of faith. Sometimes the symptoms are screaming at you. The pain is unbearable. You can't move. There's nothing in the natural to suggest that it worked at all. You really have to ignore those thoughts, and you just believe. Fear not. Only believe. Remember, that's what Jesus said to, I believe, Jairus. Fear not, only believe. And they had just told Jairus that his his daughter was dead, right? And Jesus is sitting there saying, don't be afraid, only believe. You cannot let the natural circumstances dictate what you believe. You pray in the Spirit, you worship God, you turn on the music so loud you can't even think. You know, I like that song, I'll raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. That's a great line. That person who wrote that song understands that unbelief, it didn't work. It's not working. Get, you know, you're an idiot, whatever. That unbelief is shouting at your mind. You know, sing louder. Go for a walk. Walk around the room. Man, I remember one time I had, I was in faith over a work situation, something I had no ability in the natural to resolve. My, my client had encountered a serious problem on a transaction, and I care about my clients. I use my faith for my job. So I prayed, and I stood in faith, and I mean, man, if I sit here at this computer, you know, this ain't going to work, right? This, I'm not going to be able to sit here at this computer and stay in faith. So I walked around the, the neighborhood praising God, keeping my mind in the place of faith. And I'm pretty sure it was three hours. Three hours later, my client called me up, got it all, got it all sorted out. We're good to go. You know, praise God. Do whatever you must do to take your mind off the system, symptoms. Believe or receive. Stand in faith regardless of what's going on in the natural realm. The power is flowing. Manifestation is on the way. But now let's talk about doctors. And let me say that I think this is a very complicated subject. However, I do believe we can make sense of this. I believe we can put a framework together. And I believe this will help you know how and when to involve doctors in your divine healing process. If you or someone you know is afflicted with a sickness, if you or someone you know is injured, or if you or someone you know is born in uh, with less than perfect health, you have options in how you can handle it. And this might be a bit of a recap, but I want to touch on this before we launch into doctors. You could do nothing, right? This is option number one. You could do nothing and let nature take its course. Lots of people do that. You could alternatively use the various methods of divine healing we've talked about that you see in the Bible, and you could obtain healing from God. So, you know, you could go, you could do nothing, you could do only God, right? No doctors. You could go to the doctors and not involve God. Sadly, lots of Christians do that, right? They don't even think to pray they were, for whatever reason. Or you could involve both doctors and God. Probably the most common for most Christians. Praying for healing and going to the doctor. Maybe I've said it before, but those are the four fundamental options in response to sickness or injury. Do nothing, God only, doctors only, doctors and God. Keep it simple. But 
let's just point out that a lot of people don't involve God when they seek healing. You know, maybe they were taught he doesn't care, doesn't heal. Maybe they're mad at him. They think he caused it or allowed it. Maybe there's some other reason. But for whatever reason, they don't involve him in their healing journey. I hope that will never be you. And I hope we don't need to discuss that further. The next time you seek healing for yourself or a loved one, involve God. You should involve God in every healing journey for you or for others for the rest of your life. And I hope, if nothing else in this series, we've settled that. But the more difficult question, you're definitely going to involve God. The more difficult question is whether you will involve a doctor. And let me first establish that when it comes to whether we will involve doctors in our next healing journey, we don't care what anyone else thinks. I would like to start with that. We don't care what anyone else thinks. I want you to settle that in your heart. You don't care what other people think about whether you get help from a doctor. That includes your pastor, your Christian friends, or your doctor. Right? You don't care what he thinks either. You don't care what anybody thinks. You only care what God thinks. This is a completely completely personal decision. It must not be influenced by other people's opinion. Obviously, your spouse, you want to try to get on the same page with your spouse. But if that can't happen for whatever reason, then you need to pray and seek God and do what God tells you to do, regardless of what your spouse says. And maybe that's a bit of a controversial advice. But again, the doctrine is healing. The point is healing. You need to do what God tells you to do. But let and and remember, God wants you healed more than you do. God has no problem with doctors. And some amazing advances in medicine came through Christians receiving revelation from God. To receive divine healing without doctors, I mean, uh, you know, this is not something that's just going to heal itself, like a paper cut or, you know, even a broken arm might just heal itself. But to receive divine healing without doctors from something that's not just going to heal itself, true biblical faith is required. All Christians have it. Romans 12, 3, every man has the measure of faith, but not all Christians use it. God knows whether you'll use it. And I think God often directs us to doctors because we don't understand biblical faith or we won't use it. So we need some help in the natural realm. And and that's why, you know, I'm not going to judge somebody that says, yeah, I believe God told me to see this doctor or that doctor. You know, I don't think, unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't really understand everything we're talking about. And God, yes, regularly directs people to doctors. And, and that's why you can't care what other people think. You know, God is your physician. You need you need you need God to, to guide you in this process. So, look, I don't care what other people think. God wants you well, and God doesn't have a problem with you getting help from doctors as well. But let's talk about it. Let's add some wisdom to that statement. Because remember, for the rest of your life, God, as the God who heals, the great physician, will be involved in all of your healing journeys for you and for others. When my life, excuse me, when my wife was diagnosed, we went to God first. It was a Friday afternoon. She'd gone to the emergency room for stomach pain, and I was home with our kids. We we had prayed, but she hadn't experienced any relief. Uh, we didn't understand healing like we do today. So she went to the emergency room, and I was home with the kids. She called me and told me the stage four cancer diagnosis. 
We immediately confessed that by Jesus' stripes, she was healed. And we didn't understand most of what I've presented in this series, but we knew that God's a healer. God wanted her healed and would bring healing into her body. And I'm so thankful that, that we at least had that because that got us on the right track. So I rushed to the hospital. She was in an emergency situation and needed emergency surgery. That's what the doctors told us. And we called for some awesome Christians. We prayed. They came to the hospital. We worshiped in the hospital room. My pastor friend, he had the music up so loud. I was sure they were going to yell at us, but they didn't say anything. And in fact, and this is actually what happened. They're telling us that she needs this emergency surgery. But God, I'm recognizing now God caused me to question his plan, his advice. And I asked that doctor, well, is there anything else we can do? And, you know, he didn't like it. He was pessimistic. He said, well, you can you can try X, Y, Z. And maybe, you know, maybe this can help us avoid emergency surgery. Well, I know now that it was God. But in my mind, it was just obvious. Let's try it. Let's go for it. And praise God, because of our prayers, it worked. And two days later, we got out of that hospital without her having any emergency surgery. But, you know, unfortunately, the stage four cancer diagnosis was still there. We knew this wasn't over and we needed to see God. We spent the next 40 days, just just ironically, that was the number, not trying to be spiritual, but that was the number. 40 days praying and learning from God before starting any treatment. And look, most of the strong Christians we knew, because we know a bunch, said that we should just trust God and not do any chemo or surgery. We had one person tell us, just get a bunch of marijuana edibles. That was my favorite advice from a Christian. Anyway, we didn't do that. But most of the strong Christians said that we just trust God, don't do surgery, don't do chemo. And honestly, that's the way I felt too. I felt like we knew enough. We could get through this with God alone. But I know now that I didn't understand God's healing truths enough and I didn't understand biblical faith enough at that time. And I know it was hard for her, but my wife bravely told me that she didn't think she could do that, that she wanted to use doctors. So I didn't, I didn't want to come down on her. You know, everybody talks all negatively about chemo and there's lots of reasons for that. But I, I listened, I prayed and God spoke to me in a dream. And we were almost signed up with one oncologist, but God said, you know, scrap that, go use another. And God promised me that everything would go fine. She would respond well to the chemo and all would be well. And that's exactly what happened. Almost immediately, she began having supernaturally positive results from the chemo. The cancer measurements in her blood plummeted, that they're tumor markers as they call them. They plummeted. The tumors calcified, they died. The doctors were amazed. But it wasn't just the chemo. We were using our faith on that chemo. And I want to talk about that briefly because you can apply this to, and you should apply this to any medicine that you're taking, whether it's prescribed or not. I think this is good, godly advice for any medicine you're taking. And let me just say this about my wife. It was not the easiest chemo. She had to wear a pump for like two days. Every three weeks, she had to wear, she would get a four hour IV and then wear this pump for like 40 hours or something. It was terrible, but we didn't just take it. We used our faith on it. 
In Jesus' name, chemotherapy, we take authority over you. You will not have any negative effects on her body. You will have only positive effects on her body. You are to work with the healing power of God to destroy every cancer cell in her body. The moment you've done that, you leave her body, have no other effects in Jesus' name. And then we spoke to to her body. You control that chemotherapy. You take authority over that chemotherapy. You only direct it to the cancer cells. You prevent it from harming you in any way. In Jesus' name, we prayed and declared all of that. You know, And that's how you should take authority over the medicine. And again, God may lead you to speak this, speak that, depending on the situation. But take authority over any medicine and any negative side effects. And, you know, I shouldn't go on about chemo, but look, when they bring that chemo to you for an IV, they're in like a hazmat suit. And if that pump starts leaking, you got to clean it up quickly. And there's all sorts of protocols. so You don't touch it. It's pretty nutty. But, you know, so no wonder it has a bad reputation. But don't get down on people about chemo. And don't get down about the medicine, right? So many people talk about how terrible chemo is. And yes, it can have very bad effects and it's not good for you in the natural. But if you feel that the Lord has told you to take chemo or any other medicine, don't curse it and don't let other people curse it in your presence. You immediately take authority over that medicine and apply faith. You can change the 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 molecular structure of a medicine so that only has good effects on your body now look you believe it or don't believe it that's up to you but what i'm telling you to do is don't let curses come into your mind or in your life about medicine that you believe god wants you to take and that's good advice and look my wife was on a lot of chemo for months but for months she didn't have any side effects and you would never have noticed. I mean, only some very minimal stuff. And really nobody, nobody saw, you know. You would never have known that she went through this process because uh, it was a long process. But, you know, we're speaking to her body every day. We're doing all kinds of stuff. We're in the Word of God every night. Uh, and look, she probably would have got off chemo sooner if we had, or, you know, maybe if I had done a little bit better job with my faith and all of that. It doesn't matter now. All I'm saying is we used our faith on that chemo and it worked. And and look, here is my real point. Combine your faith and listening to God with your doctor's treatment plan. When the first doctor told us emergency surgery, the Spirit of God told me no. When the first oncologist was saying immunotherapy, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but for us, God spoke to me no. However, God did agree with the second oncologist about chemotherapy. So for that medicine, we used our faith like I described above. And we told that doctor, you know, by Jesus stripes, she's healed. He's a really a nice guy and never argued. I don't think he's a Christian. I've never felt led to get into it with him, to be honest. But at least he never argued with our faith. And he was really amazed with her progress, too. I mean, he would call me after every blood work. Oh, my gosh, you know, it's so low. I, this is amazing. This is astounding. It was really a testimony for him as well. But it's so important that you listen to God when you bring the doctors in. And that is the key advice. Every time you're going to involve God. But when you involve doctors, too, 
bring God into your relationship with the doctors. And it doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter if they look at you funny. It doesn't matter if they think you're a weirdo. Who cares? Pray that God gives them wisdom. Pray that God gives you favor. Ask God to show you anything that he disagrees with in their treatment plan. And, you know, my wife, we really did have a good experience with her primary oncologist. And it's a big place. We don't need to name names. But they do it all there. But look, she's had two surgeries, praise God, in the name of Jesus, she'll never have another. Two surgeries that we didn't feel she was supposed to get either one with that office, with that with that medical group. And I think that annoyed them. But by that time, they knew we didn't care what they thought. We were wackos, whatever, right? But we're seeing manifestation. We're seeing miracles. In the name of Jesus, we're coming out of this situation. That's who we were in that office. So they, you know, they weren't really going to argue with us. But God led us to other surgeons. They were both perfect, both surgeries, clear margins, no complications, on and on and on. And just as another example, why it's so important to listen to God. And, and let me just mention Look, if you're in a real fight, if you're in a real dire situation, look, you can't be watching Netflix like you did before. You can't be pursuing the same entertainment that you were before. You need to be in the Word of God. You need to be listening to Curry Blake, Andrew Womack, Greg Moore, Barry Bennett. I'm talking about the people that are out there on the edge seeing the truth for divine healing, that God's will is healing all the time, every time for everyone. You need to be filling your mind with that. Why? Because it keeps you in the place of faith. And and unfortunately, there are some things we go through in life where we need to be in the place of faith for a while. And, and you know, I'm going to be in the place of faith for my wife's healing for the rest of my life. That's the way it is. And so I need, even though we're totally out of it now, praise the Lord, I need to stay in the word of healing. I need to regularly listen to teachings on healing and books and messages and all of that to keep my mind up in the place of faith for healing. And that's the way it'll be for the rest of my life. And I'm not worried about that. That's not a burden. That's a blessing because I'm going to keep bringing it to you and everybody else in my life. And I'm not going to tolerate people talking about God wanting you sick or causing sickness. I'm not going to tolerate that either. But anyway, I digress. My my point is that, look, just as another example, you know, you got to stay in the word. You need to be listening to God and you need to be listening to what God tells you to do when it comes to the treatment plan that the doctors of this world, of the natural medical system, when they tell you to do something, God needs to be your primary physician. He needs to be the captain of your medical team. And and I'll just say, you know, one of the surgeries my wife's got, my wife got, when the oncologist saw the scar, he said that he didn't even know they could do that. The scar is so small, he didn't even know. So in this major medical group, they're not even doing some of the surgeries that are available. And it turns out the most cutting edge surgery was down the street from our house for what she needed. Total miracle. And, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, be open, be listening, and God will bring you to the right places. And I'll just give you another quick story. You know, when we decided on that second surgery, 
there were lots of complications to making it happen. You know, you're signing up with a new office, new doctor, you don't know the people, insurance, blah, 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 right? And so they, you know, it wasn't an emergency situation. It was just part of the treatment plan, right? It was, you know, and won't get into all that, but it was part of the plan. And we felt like it was the right thing to do from the Lord. And so what happened is, is it really became very difficult logistically, very quickly. And God spoke to me in a dream that that the guy was very busy, the doctor was very busy, the doctor's office was very busy, but there was a place for us. That was the dream. And so when I woke up, I knew what he was telling me to do was start to pray, to pray into that situation for favor, for opening, for things to be arranged, for angels to move on our behalf. And you know what happened? The very next day after I prayed, they called us and scheduled her surgery for the exact day that we wanted it. Not one thing had happened in the natural. Not one of the numerous intervening things that they said were all required before they can even schedule that surgery. Some, some of you know what I'm talking about. You gotta do this, 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 this before we can even put you on the calendar. Not one of those things had even happened and they called and said we were on the calendar and they were going to make sure that everything got done between now and that date, which I think at the time was like five weeks away. And they were going to make everything work. And you see, look, I'm not saying that using doctors in surgery is always God's best. No, I'm not going to tell you that. That's, that's not true. But I'm telling you uh, that, you no, know, God does use doctors and God will work with you uh, in your treatment plan and that there are times where God knows that a doctor is what you need for whatever reason. And look, God will take care of the bureaucratic issues. I mean, one time early on in my wife's healing journey, God spoke to me and he said, I mean, it was crystal clear. You need to pray about these bills. You need to pray about this medical situation. So I did. And you know what? Uh, two surgeries, chemotherapy, countless visits, not one bill have I had to pray over or fight over. Not one bill didn't get paid exactly according to our insurance plan. Not one time have I ever sweated any of the other out-of-pocket expenses. God has provided for everything in this process. And, you know, I believe that, you know, it worked out like that because God told me early on that I needed to pray into that situation as well, not just for the healing, but look, you're, you're on this journey. You've got these doctors. You need to pray about that financial system as well. And that just reinforces to me, and I hope for you as well, there can be times, especially if it's a longer healing journey, where there's a lot of factors. You've got other people, doctors, family, friends, etc. But if you will... Stay focused on God and stay connected to him in his role as the director of your treatment plan, as your primary care physician, then he will continue to lead and guide you and speak to you over all of these situations. And so you can come out healed, restored, delivered. Nobody mad at you. Nobody, you know, not broke, not looking at bankruptcy over medical bills. And maybe some of you are uninsured. God will, God will provide for that as well, right? God will provide everything you need. But you stay connected to him 
listen to him, do what he says. And, you know, God isn't concerned about his ego. God isn't offended when one of his children wants to see a doctor. God is concerned about you. God wants you healed. God wants your body restored. But he does want to be involved in the process. He knows best. He's fully released his healing power to Christians and wants to see it used correctly. And look, I'm not trying to make a doctrine or a you know divine teaching or something out of what happened to my family. But what happened to my family caused us to study divine healing like never before. I'm talking about two hours a day for for two years, uh, you know, something like that. And and to this day, in the healing word, studying healing, going to meetings, listening to the word, and so it caused us to study and learn these things. And now I'm excited that I can share that with you and really everybody we come in contact with. You know, many Christians find it easy to believe that God will work through the doctors and medicine to bring healing. You know, Christians often have true biblical faith in the medical profession. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, you need to use true biblical faith. Wishing and wanting are not faith. Hope is not faith. In the same way, you need to apply biblical faith when the anoints, when the elders anoint you and pray the prayer of faith over you. You need to apply biblical faith to medicine, to surgery, to whatever God tells you to do. You ask that God work through the doctors and show them what to do and believe that you receive. But you don't just do that. You don't just put it up to the doctors only. And you don't start with the doctors. Start with the healing power of God. Start with praying for healing and laying hands on the one needing divine healing. Use your biblical faith on those biblical methods for divine healing. Let me say that again. Use biblical faith on biblical methods for divine healing. Start with that. Build your faith on that. From that place of faith, approach the natural medical profession, right? You're not saying, oh, God, I must have a doctor. I need this. I need that. No, you're saying, God, you are my healer. And by Jesus stripes, I was healed. Now, what do I need to do in the natural? You know, how do you feel about going to a doctor now? Do you feel peace? Do you feel it's the right thing to do? Do you have a direct word from God about seeing a particular doctor or staying away, perhaps, from a particular medicine? Trust the God who heals and do what he says. Don't just blindly follow their advice. A lot of people do that. They just hope it works. That's not divine healing. Divine healing is believing in God as your healer, that you have been healed, and tr- and then listening to do what God tells you to do. You know, you, as I said, and I don't need to belabor it further, but you need to spend time with God. Don't let people cause you to fear. Don't let people trouble you. Don't let people rush you into decisions. But do what God says. You know, my wife wanted to do some alternative stuff, some naturopathic stuff, and that was difficult for me. But look, God told me to stand with her, agree with her, and I had to listen to him. He knows her father. He, excuse me. God is her father. God wants her in perfect health even more than I do. He knows what she needs. He knows her faith. God wants her well. I must submit to his directions just like I expect her to submit to his directions. 
And, and I only bring that up because, you know, sometimes you are believing for another person, for a spouse, for a child, for a loved one. You know, you need to understand that God loves them more than you do. God wants them healed more than you do. And you need to listen. You need to be open to whatever God tells you. And you need to, you know, be ready to stand with them in faith, not not bringing judgment, not really trying to control the situation, but using your faith that God will lead you, both of you, in unity towards the best treatment plan for that person. You know, and, and look, I just want to be honest. The Bible is clear. Jesus and the apostles didn't use any doctors for any of the miraculous healings we see in God's word. You know, the Bible does say Luke was a doctor. But I'm not aware of a single time that the Bible shows Luke practicing medicine or that, you know, God gave Luke some some medicine or something like that to get a people, a person healed. You know, there's no sickness or injury where God needs a doctor to work together with his healing power to bring about complete healing and restoration. You know, God didn't need doctors then and he doesn't need doctors now, but you might need a doctor. And if you were just diagnosed with cancer and you are hearing teachings like this one on healing for the first time, you need to start praying hard and probably go see a doctor. And my point about that, while God doesn't need a doctor, you might. And you, it might take you time to get in the place of faith, to renovate your mind according to these teachings and build yourself up so that you can stand, so that you can hear from God. And there's no condemnation. There's no judgment. If people bring that to you, just dismiss them. They're not invited into your healing journey anymore. The Father who loves you, the people who will stand with you in faith for complete healing and complete restoration, those are the people that are invited to be part of your healing journey. And God will lead you and help you and work with the doctors. And when it's wrong, when it's no longer time for the doctors, as it's no longer time for some of the doctors for my wife, glory to God, God will lead you in that circumstance as well. God will lead you in and God will lead you out. Not always easy to get out, let me tell you, but God will lead you out. God's healing power works how the Bible says it works. It works when we work it and have biblical faith that we that it worked. That's the truth. That's how, how it works. It's not automatic. Look, if you or a loved one gets attacked, the Bible presents options. You can pray for yourself. You can have other Christians pray, lay hands, anoint with oil. You can go to doctors and pray that God gives them wisdom in the treatment plan. But regardless, stand in faith and listen for God. Stand in faith and listen for God. And look, no matter what the attack, I recommend that you pray and have others pray for you. Start with those. They're biblically clear. Every time, start with those and stand in faith. Look, you will never go wrong doing those first. Look, if you need to call 911, do that. Don't delay. But while you're dialing, proclaim, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Get your faith flowing. Get into the place of faith as quickly as possible. Always start with prayer. Not only does prayer activate the power that will flow as you enter faith, prayer puts your mind in position to hear from God. 
Look, I'm not saying, I'm not bringing judgment, saying your mind isn't there already, but I'm sure we would all agree that prayer helps. So let me say that again. The reason you start with prayer, even if it's a quick one while you're dialing 911, is prayer gets the power of God flowing and prayer puts your mind, it opens your mind to hear from God. That's what you got to do. Prayer, faith, listen. Prayer, faith, listen. Now, I'd ask God for his guidance for you to receive the manifestation in your body. God will often speak to you about his treatment plan. He knows where you are. He knows your faith. He knows you may need a doctor because you're not ready yet. He knows your understanding and he wants you healed more than you do. So don't skip that step. Ask him for guidance. Acknowledge him as your healer. Acknowledge he wants you healed. Ask him for guidance. And look, he might give you something crazy. He might say, go show yourself to the pastor. Go get scanned again. Go wash in a certain pool. Go, you know, spit and put mud and rub it on your eyes. You know, just like Jesus did with that guy. You know, whatever. God may tell you to do something crazy, but that's what you got to do. And, you know, you can do all of this relatively quickly. Now you're cooperating with God's treatment plan and you're open to God's direction. And look, I'll just give you a last story as we wrap up for today. But this combines a few years, a few of these points. You know, one time a number of years ago, I stepped on a nail. I'm not sure what happened, but damage was done. My foot was in excruciating pain. And even though I was praying, my foot hurt bad. I could barely walk. And I prayed about going to see a doctor. At that point, I didn't care, whatever. But God spoke to me in a dream, and it was clear. I didn't need to see a doctor, but God told me to go take some plant extract from the local health food store down the street. Now, look, I, long story short, I don't know anything about that. I don't take that kind of stuff. But you know what? God is my healer, and I was going to do whatever he told me to do. So I took that stuff. I stood in faith. A couple of weeks went by. Never thought about it again. Total healed, total restoration, done deal. Why would God tell me to do something like that? You know, I don't know. Maybe I got rust in my foot. Maybe there was something in that plant that, that you know, would help counteract whatever happened to my foot because, man, it was real pain. But, you know, maybe it was like the oil where God just, you know, wanted some sort of natural uh, cooperation with his healing power. Maybe God knew that that would help my faith, that I needed a little bit more than just faith in his healing power. But it doesn't matter. I wasn't going to question God. I was just going to do what he says. That's the key. Whatever God says to do, and this applies when you're standing in faith for anything, whatever God tells you to do, just do it. God wants us healed. The Bible teaches us how to get healed. It's not always easy to know exactly what to do, but your doctrine is healing. Divine healing is God's will all the time, every time, for everyone, and God will help you get there. Next week, we'll probably wrap it up. We're going to go through just a few quicker issues, you know, what to do if you're not seeing manifestation, how to keep your healing over time, standing in immunity to every sickness and disease, and so on. I pray these teachings bless you. Again, consider this a resource, something you can always come back to, something you can always share for others. If we can ever pray with you or stand with you, please don't hesitate to ask. Thank you again, and God bless you.